0: in shape? Uh, Anybody really want to do some push-ups? That'd be interesting. How many you think you can do? Twenty-five. Good. Do them. And then we all watch, and then about ten, your arms are burning, and you realize you're not as young as you used to be. And I think sometimes we realize how quickly life's moving as we watch our children grow and our grandchildren come and life begins to kind of become this expedited journey. And then you begin to think, well, what am I leaving behind? Because I don't, I don't want to just leave my, you know, my memories for somebody. Because how many know the memories that you leave behind that others pick up and gravitate to, they're just memories and eventually they're going to fade. I could leave some souvenirs some trinkets, some toys. But how many know that they're just going to rust? They don't live forever. And I, and I think sometimes we, we spend a lot of time trying to make memories, and I like making memories, and I'm all about making memories, but even memories are not eternal. And, and the truth is, souvenirs. What are they? They're proof that I was here. I could leave him some trophies. How many has got some trophies? Some things you've accomplished, things that you uh, uh, were able to obtain, and you got some trophies. I was looking through the storage unit the other day, and one of the boxes had fallen, and it, it had broken open. And all the things that used to be valuable to me in the way of, of awards and, and trophies were just scattered on the floor. And some of them were even broke. And I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't even care. Because after a while, even the trophies don't matter. If trophies doesn't matter anymore, because you know we remember accomplishing them, but now they don't have the same significance, because the older you-get trophies don't impress anybody, and memories are going to fade, and the trinkets and the souvenirs are, are going to be scrap metal for somebody to sell. But it's all about leaving legacies. A legacy, something that we believed in that's transferable to another generation. In Mark chapter six. Mark chapter 6, Jesus, in verse number 1, He went out from there and came to His own country. And His disciples followed Him. And when the Sabbath had come, He began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing Him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by His hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended or disapproving at him. Isn't that interesting scriptures? Because Jesus is returning back to his home. And upon returning back to his home, he's in the synagogue. He's in church preaching and teaching and explaining the kingdom of His Father. So much so that people marveled and were astonished and impressed and then they they looked at the miracles and the wonders and said, Wow! But the Scripture that grips me is when they step back and they say, Look, not only what mighty works has He done, but wait a minute, is this not the carpenter? Is this not the son of Mary and Joseph? Is this not the child that we watched grow up here? Because they didn't see Jesus as a legacy maker. They couldn't view Him as the world changer. They couldn't see Him as the Son of God. They could only see Him as the memory of a carpenter's son. They could only see Him based on the table that he may have crafted and sold in the local market. They couldn't see him as he really was because they were looking at the wrong thing. So many times in life for most of us... Turn me down in the house just a minute, guys, because I feel myself getting a little loud. It's a gifting. Thank you. How many understand... That in this life, we are are very prone and very tempted to try to build a war chest or a, a, a chest of treasures and of trophies and of accomplishments. And we forget what legacy really is because we're no different than the people of Nazareth. When Nazareth had the opportunity to host Jesus, this was his second visit to the city. And on his second visit, they are offended or rejecting of him. How many know it's critical to reject him? Because to reject him is to reject all that he is. And all that he is is all that I need. Oh, glory. And so many times, I've accepted less of who He is because traditions and cultures have got me not seeking legacies, but to seek temporals. And today's church in America has majored on the temporal. We focus on the temporal experience. And we forgot about the eternal And to me, a real legacy is not just what I leave behind here when I'm gone, but does what I leave behind change someone else's eternal destiny? Can my life, before it ceases to exist, leave an eternal legacy for others to follow? Now that's a challenge, isn't it? Because the entire life of Jesus was nothing more than, than Him living out the will of His Father. To leave a legacy for you and I to run behind. Because Jesus didn't leave trophies. He left him some memories, yes. But many of those even faded because the scripture says that not even all of his miracles were recorded. So even some of the miracles of his life faded. The memories didn't last, the trophies didn't last, the souvenirs. How many know somebody had some souvenirs from Jesus? Say, so how do you know that? Because the Bible says that the soldiers gambled for his... Go- huh? Somebody had a souvenir from Jesus. Some of had trophies from Jesus. Some had memories of Jesus. But I don't want that. I want more. I don't want to go to church where it's based on on me having just a memory of how good he used to be. I want him to be a present help. I want him to help me now. I want his spirit to come now. I want his flow now. I want living water now. I'm thirsty now. I'm not just desperate once in a while. I live desperate. I need a fresh touch. I need a new encounter. Anybody in this building, I need Him to help me. I need Him to comfort me. I need Him to transcend my mind. I need Him to give me kingdom thoughts when the culture wants to prevail. So I need more. I don't want to miss it. And this morning can be an opportunity for us to, to engage into His legacy and all that He is. Because, see, I don't want to be like Nazareth and miss it. The Bible says that they disapproved of him or they were offended, offended at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet, verse 4, A prophet is not without honor except in his own house or his own country. Among his own relatives in his own house. Sometimes it's hard to get your family to believe in you. Sometimes it's hard to get your relatives to believe that you really are changed. That you're living different and acting different and living a life differently. Sometimes they just want to keep you like you used to be because what you are now makes them uncomfortable. Some of your family don't want you to be on fire because if you get on fire, it makes them uncomfortable. Some of your family doesn't want you to transition. Some of your family wants to keep you based on memories and trophies mhm mhm they don't want you to live a life of legacy they don't want you to dream big dreams they don't want you to pray big prayers they don't want you to accomplish anything they want to keep you limited because if they can keep you limited it confirms to them what they've done all their life see there's some people in here that are going to break out of some stuff in your life there's some people in this room that's going to break beyond some limitations and some mindsets and some things that have hindered you i believe that I need to read the text or I'm not going to get much done in 30 minutes, am I? It takes me 30 minutes to read the text. That's my problem. Verse 5. Troubling, I've read it many times. Now he could do no mighty work there. A memory of Jesus could do no mighty work there. Having souvenirs of Jesus could do no mighty works there. Having a trophy of what Jesus may have done in the past. But because there was no present faith, he could do no mighty works there. How many many find that tragic? He could do no mighty work there. In fact, I'm going to skip a part, but verse 6 says, He marveled because of what? He marveled at their unbelief, their unwillingness to accept. I mean, we understand there's a lot of faith systems in our world, right? Buddhists believe in Buddha. Muslims believe in Allah. Hindu and those who have a, a, a relationship with that kind of a religion believe in multiple gods. Jesus could do no mighty work, and he marveled, marveled. How many know that's an interesting word? For the Bible to use the word marveled. Is that not a unique word? Come on, work with me for this moment. He marveled. There's only one other time in Scripture that the the Bible records the, the word marveled, and it's in Matthew chapter 9, because there he marveled of faith. So to me, there's only two things that gets Jesus to marvel. Faith and unbelief. Now that being said, for most of us in this room, in fact, for me in this room, I'll just say it that way, I'll leave you all out. For me in this room, for me to seize a season in my life, for me to advance in what God would have me to do, I'm going to have to begin to disturb my comfortability I'm going to have to make myself uncomfortable with everything Jesus has ever been to me. Because I don't want Him to marvel over my unbelief. I would rather Him marvel over my belief. And I don't want to try to impress people with, with, with souvenirs or memories of who Jesus is to me. I want to leave a legacy of who He is now to me and who He can be for you. Now the Bible says that in the midst of that where He could do no mighty works, there were a few. How many has ever heard me preach a message on the few? Well, she'd been with me 26 years. I figure she might be the only one. I want to be a part of something that's larger than just me. Now, the Bible says, now stay with me for just a moment. The Bible says that he could do no mighty works except that he laid his hands. What's the Bible say? On a few sick people, and did what? Okay, so there were some people there not looking for memories. There were some people there not looking for souvenirs or trophies. They were looking for a legacy or an impact that changes them not only naturally, but eternally. Now, the Bible says there are a few. What made these few different than those who were offended by them? Have you ever wondered how the Lord looks at a church on Sunday? Because there's church gatherings going on all over this country, right? All over this nation. There are people assembling in their, in their places of worship doing what they do. I've often wondered how many of those have His tangible, revealed presence versus those who are offended and rejecting. Now, you can hang a cross and still reject Him. You can have chandeliers and padded pews and still reject Him. You can have all the trophies and all the memories and, and all the things that, that are types and shadows and pictures of who He is, and he still not be there. How many understand we're living in an hour right now that the church can be, can be so persuaded to be cultural and not kingdom? He can have all the appearances and the artifacts of Christianity and still not have Christ at the center of it. So my thought is this. I don't want memories and I don't want souvenirs and I don't want trophies. I want the legacy of who He is. Or have I confused you? I don't want to confuse you because so many of us, our church experiences based on memories of the fall revival. Or the spring revival. When you came and got saved and that was the time you did it. I've got good memories of church. How many has got some good memories? How many know you can't live on the memories? Some of you have got the trophies of your church. You've got some trophies. How many got those little cards? Perfect attendance in Sunday school. Y'all didn't go to Sunday school. Or y'all just wasn't faithful. I can't. I can't figure. Okay, I'll just quit. Okay, look, let's work this out. Let well, me work this out. Then sooner you can go to the house because I can tell right now y'all are like. Oh no, I really won't get in this. Y'all didn't do cards. Y'all got pens. Got stickers. See, if y'all participate, I wouldn't have to drag this out so long. Oh, cool, thank you. We got our first trophy. It says, Give a Kid a Chance. Sponsored by Cherokee County Community. Thank you, Five Stones Church. Oh, so we have a trophy of something we did. Photo op. We did something. We got a trophy, see. Feel free to pass that around. How many of this is not going to change the world? We've got memories and we've got trophies. We've got all these things that we can rally around this morning. But I'm afraid that if that is all we're here for, we're going to miss out on who He really is. I don't want to go to church and miss out on the center of attention. I don't want to miss out on the celebrity who is the celebrity of all celebrities. I don't want to miss out on the hero. He doesn't need a phone booth. He's the King of Glory. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. We need to make room for His legacy. And the only way to make room for His legacy is I've got to be some of the few. What about the few? What about the ones that didn't allow something to separate them from His legacy? What about the few that did not allow the familiarity of who Jesus is to get in their way? I want to be one of the few that show up at Five Stone and said, I believe in miracles. I believe in the supernatural. I believe in the power of God. I believe anybody can be healed. I believe anybody can be saved. Send the prostitute. I believe you can deliver. Send the drug addict. I believe you can set free. There's not a mountain he can't move. There's not a problem he can't give a solution to. There's not a prison he can't open. There's not a sickness he can't heal. He's everything. We need his legacy. We need to embrace His legacy, but we've got to have more than one embracing that. Because the Bible says that if any two. If any two. Wonderful to be alone, but God didn't create me to do life alone, so He gave me people like Al. Like Andy and Sarah. Because see, when, when we become the few, we become biblical, if any too. So here's what happens In the midst of Nazareth Where there's a group of people Who are enamored with the, the memory of who He is And the trophies of who He is And the significance of what He used to be There was a few of us Who got to talking I mean no church folk talk So we get to talking I know Jesus is here and he's preaching in the synagogue. And I'll tell you, he is a miracle worker. He's the son of God. He's a bad, bad man. In the positive sense, of course. So we get to talking. Look, I know everybody else wants to live in the past. and want to talk about what he used to be. But i got some stuff going on in my life. And I know everybody else is offended by him. And everybody else wants to run him out of town. And unbelief is rampant. But don't you believe? Don't you believe? Okay, so if I can get some people to agree with me, we can start moving together. What moves the few is a revelation. An understanding of who He is. I'm not needing a trophy to motivate a revelation. I need a heart that says, I need the Lord to speak to me fresh. I need Him to open my calloused heart, my polluted heart, and give me a new word of who He is so I can have a better understanding of His legacy. Amen. Does that make sense anybody? See, I don't need Wikipedia to tell me who Jesus is. Some of that just went right over your head. Like, what's Wikipedia? Anybody got a computer? Y'all like, I still don't know what you're talking about. Somebody tell them later. It just comes out. I can't help it. Here's the thing. I get with some few, and we start talking about the revelation of who he is. Now see, a revelation is not something that comes from your natural man. It has to come from your spirit. You remember in Matthew when Jesus said, Whom do men say that I am? And Peter opens his mouth like he always did, and he shoots off his mouth, and he says, Wait! Others think you're Elijah. Some think you're one of the prophets. But I think you're the Son of God. And Jesus turned around and looked at him and said, Peter, you've answered well, for flesh and blood hath not revealed that to you. You have a revelation from the Spirit. So here's the thing about the few. The few get together, and they have a revelation from the Spirit, not from the flesh. Because, see, when you get with the few, the few said, wait a minute, I know who he is, and I know what he can do. And I'm going to tell you, i got this revelation that he's now a healer. i got this revelation of this, and he can do that. And we start bringing our story together. How many know when you get around some people that can build some momentum, you'll start moving? I'm just going to be honest with you. There's sometimes the few have to help each other. Amen. Amen. Come on. How strong are you, son? It's not a trick question. How strong are you, strong. teenagers? Oh no, I'm afraid to answer. <laughs> I, I want to know how much you can handle. How much weight can I put on you? Okay. Excuse me. We've got to have a conference. <laughs> You're the you're the youngest one on the front row. I need a strong man. He's looking at me like I ain't sure I'm him. <laughs> Here's why. Because see, sometimes the young ones are the strong. They may not always have the most wisdom, but they have the most strength. So when God begins to give a oh I'm on. when God begins to give a revelation of the few. See, God's pretty cool about releasing His revelation because He knows He's going to need some of us that are a little silver-haired that's got some wisdom. And He's also going to have to bring a revelation to some of those who may not have all the wisdom but got some strength. Because, see, the few require each other supporting each other so that we can get to the place where Jesus is not a memory but a legacy. Y'all with me? So see, sometimes the young, I'm getting on your back. This is where unbelief sets in. Because he's thinking, how much you weigh? None of your business. I heard you. I heard you. You said diet. I feel you. All right, never mind just young generation, they're stubborn. All right, I got me a few, right? Now, he's strong. He may not have all the wisdom, but he's got strength. But see, what you're looking for is to align yourself with people that are not just like you. Amen. See, the problem with the church is we try to make everybody look like us. Now, Tony ain't here, but God needs me some color. Huh. Come on, Olive. Would you quit being so stubborn? What's wrong with you? You're part of an illustrated sermon. Look at all these people. They love you. Smile pretty. I know they're looking at you, but it's all right. Now, see, see, Revelation in one color. Revelation in in one size. Revelation is not defined by religion. Revelation is not defined by the name on the sign out front. Revelation comes from the kingdom. And the kingdom is is multifaceted. It's got a young generation that has a revelation of the legacy of Jesus. It's got an old generation. No, wait a minute. Y'all feel like taking a walk? Come on. Miss Betty, I love you. You are my dear saint, honey. Yes, I'm coming right back here. This is where I make everybody comfortable. Come here, darling. Stand with me. How many love Miss Betty? Wait a minute, wait a minute. (laughs) Miss Betty loves me. She ain't offended by nothing. So if you're offended, get over it. Miss Betty is a saint. She's a faithful woman. She's been through some battles. Now how many know when she's got a revelation, her revelation is different than my revelation. I mean, you know, this young generation right here getting a revelation from God, their generation is getting revelations from God that's different than hers because it's different culture and different time. But God's still speaking. Now, I take, you feel like walking? Oh, good. Come on. We're going to take a little walk. Y'all stay with me now. Come on, come on, come on. See, I got a few. Now, my few may be a little uncomfortable, but my few has a Revelation. Now see, here's the problem. The people that were in Nazareth was offended by Jesus because they couldn't accept him as the legacy that he was. But see, the few said, we don't care what y'all think of us. We may be a little older, a little wiser, a little younger. We may have come from some some adverse backgrounds. We may not have been your cup of tea. We may not look like your little religious group, but we don't care because we ain't here for you. Y'all keep walking with me. Don't act like so. See, see what i got to look at all the time? It's scary. Now, come here. Now, don't we look like a few? Now, you take the few of us. We're different. We're distinct. But we're all seeking one thing. And that's a greater enlightenment and a greater understanding of who Jesus is. And the few of us, are in this Bible score, story here, get together. And we say, you know what? Has he ever done anything for you? What's he done for you? Me? Yeah. Uh, Save me from addiction. What kind of addiction? Uh, Weed. Marijuana. Mm -hmm. He set you free? Set me free. Okay, that's a revelation I might need, all right? All right, you ready? I know you're the young one and you ain't had a whole lot of experience, but you got some peach fuzz on your... Man, look at that. (laughs) Dude, the light's on it. Daddy... Teach that boy to shave. That's cool, man. November 7th, November. Oh, you doing no shave November? you starting. Head start, he's a cheater. Tell me one thing that the Lord's done for you that will help her and Miss Betty and me run after Jesus. He gave me salvation. So, so this generation, that was good. You did good. You. Saved. All right, Miss Betty, talk to us. Well, first of all, he saved my soul, and the most important thing, he heals my body, and most on top, he saved all my children, and I'm looking for him to save my grandchildren. Did you hear what Grandma said? She said, "I'm looking for him to save my grandchildren." All right, now now, now get this. Now look, now we a motley crew, ain't we? Well, I am, and these three are gorgeous. Here's the thing. What do I what do I gain from them? Well, what I just what I just what revelation have I just gained to move Jesus from just being a memory that He's a Savior, that He's a Deliverer, that He's not only a Savior of her generation, but of the next generation and the next generation? Alright, give them a hand. Y'all can go be seated. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now I put all that together for this. Put all that together for this, and and you did good. Don't be mad at me. Smile. Oh, he's mad at me, dude. The Bible. Let me give you my revelation. The Bible says you have to forgive. He's really mad at me. I'm gonna stay on this side of the building. You said, why did you use that illustration? because who you run with Who you fellowship with, who you align with, determines your revelation and your understanding of who Jesus really is. And the fact is, many of us have been limited because we've been running with a crowd of doubters. We've been running with those who did not fully believe. We've been accepting marginal when He wants to be supernatural. I need me some new fellowshipping partners. I want to be one of the few that can carry it out and walk it out and do what He said we can do. I want to be one of the few. And you've got to run with people that challenge you. Who can give you a revelation. And you need people that are different than you. Because see, if you run with people just like you, you're the smartest person in the group. You need somebody with a new shake and a new foundation and a new revelation of who Jesus is. Because if you're not careful, one of the greatest tragedies of our life is Jesus becomes a memory. How many's been in church more than twenty years? Twenty five years? Thirty years? That's enough. You've been around it a long time. And it can be very boring and non relevant. And it loses its passion. It loses its vibe. It just becomes a movement of, of mechanics. That's exactly what happened to Nazareth, and that's exactly what's happened to our culture. Our culture has made Christianity this this routine of memories and we applaud the trophies. But there's no legacy. There's no legacy. He's not a legacy to us, and we're not leaving a legacy because we're not a few. I want to be a part of the few that change the world. I want to be a part of the few that preach the gospel without compromise. I want to be a part of the few that preach He is. I want to be a part of the few that can relate to this young generation. I want to be a part of the few that can reach Miss Betty's generation. I want to be a part of this generation that's come out of some bondages and some darknesses. And walked in marvelous light. How many know we can learn a lot and glean a lot and grow a lot if we'll learn to fellowship with people that are not exactly like us? you know what I believe? I believe the greatest days of the church are ahead. I don't care what our government says. I don't care what politicians say. I don't care what religious people think. I believe that Jesus is going to show up loud and proud. And that He's going to demonstrate His kingdom in a world of chaos and confusion. And that He's going to be big and in charge. And there's going to be another wave. I believe in my heart there's another wave coming. I believe there's another visitation coming. I don't know. You may not have been around long enough. But some of us have seen some waves. And some moves of His glory. And some things happening. And what's happened is unbelief has plagued the church. We don't believe in an awakening anymore. We don't believe in a move of God. We don't believe in the power that will penetrate darkness. And somehow it's almost like the enemy wins. But there's some of us, see there's a few of us like Miss Betty that says we believe the next generation that's coming, my grandchildren will be saved. The next generation is coming. There's not an addiction that can be, can be binding to their life because we have a revelation he sets free. There's not another generation coming that will be in so gross darkness because now we have a revelation He's a Savior and we're keeping the legacy. Stand with me in this room. I told you 30 minutes and I've done hijacked most of it.